1: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, July 14th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendell. All right, Bax, a lot to get into. Let's start with Terrell Pryor and the guys trying to get their wins back. Ohio State in 2010 was 12-1, as we all know, beat Arkansas uh, in the Sugar Bowl. And all those 12 wins were wiped from the board because of Tatgate. We'll get into actually like will it happen in a moment should it happen backs
0: all right so first things first like it doesn't matter right Ohio State beat Michigan that year big right and at the time it was illegal we all get it so it doesn't really matter right if unless you're one of those people in 50 years who's counting wins against that Ohio State has total as a team and you have to argue whether there's a an apostrophe or you're gonna have Michigan fans arguing that we're still you know one more year away from catching them, which is coming, uh, because of that apostrophe, then okay, fine. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, right? Now, I also, on the flip side, understand why they're asking for it. A, Tadgate was the stupidest scandal in history. We said that at the time, and all that stuff's legal today. So, you know, it's really dumb looking back at it, even more than it was at the time. Uh, To boot, Joe Paterno got like 100 wins back because they petitioned the NCAA and he overlooked child molestation on his coaching staff. So I can see why TP and company are like, yo, give us these wins back. The, we, we just like sold some trinkets to get tattoos like kids, you know, something that kids today can do. You're going to have an Ohio state player sponsor a tattoo shop before long you watch. But at the end of the day, I, I don't blame them. Right. If Paterno's getting wins back, then Ohio state certainly should get wins back. But it doesn't, it doesn't change what happened, right? It doesn't change that they won a ton of games in the field in 2010. It doesn't change that 2011 was completely ruined and Jim Tressel's name was dragged through the mud and all those other horrible things. And it also doesn't change the fact that it eventually led to Urban Meyer coming and the Urban Meyer Ryan daytime at Ohio State being the greatest period in Ohio State football history. So should it get changed? Will it get changed? Who cares? What happened happened. We all know it happened. I don't blame them for asking, but at the end of the day, it's an aesthetic thing. Ohio State still murdered Michigan that year. Ohio State still beat Arkansas in the Sugar Bowl that year. I was there. It was the halftime of that game when my oldest son was born. So you know what? Who cares, right? I'm sure these guys do because they want their legacy to not have that stain on it. It's kind of like Reggie Bush asking for his Heisman back. The rules are different then, guys. It is what it is, right? And I don't think it matters one bit.
1: Yeah, first of all, I think it, they should get their wins back. I don't think they will. I don't think there's any chance they will. What, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I don't think Ohio State cares to try, right? Like, uh, I, I, I certainly think it's ridiculous that TP is persona non grata for as long as he was at Ohio State. And treating him like a pariah for all that crap is ridiculous. This is a guy who bent over backwards for three years to try to win football games at OSU. And even some people thought he had a brash attitude or was a little cocky or some of the other things about him, right? The guy still won 10, 11, and 12 games at OSU. What was he, 33 and 3 as a starter? 33 and 6 as a starter? He won the Rose Bowl. He won the Sugar Bowl. Like, I know a lot of people don't like Terrell Pryor for various reasons, and that's fine. I'm not saying I think he's a golden human being, even with some of the other stuff we're hearing about that had happened after his career, right? That stuff in Pittsburgh. but I don't want to bring that into it. At the end of the day, Drew Pryor was one of the most successful quarterbacks on the field at Ohio State. And he had other guys who got dragged through the mud. Solomon Thomas, Mike Adams, right? Boom Heron. They were good football players for Ohio State. They didn't deserve the disrespect and hatred that was dumped on them for something that was the most innocuous, stupid scandal in the history of humankind, right? I'm sorry. It's, we live in a capitalist society and you're not allowed to sell your own personal possessions for a market value. Insane. I'm so glad NIL came through and got at least this kind of idiocy thrown out. But I don't think Ohio State cares to go after him one bit. I think Ohio State knows they beat Michigan. I think Ohio State knows these all-time win records. You know what's going to happen? Ohio State's eventually just going to start counting the wins again, and they're not going to care. It's going to be like Alabama claiming 27 national championships or whatever idiotic number it is this year, right? Nobody's going to argue with them because it's all going to be history. It's already 10 years in the past. So you know what? Yeah, Ohio State went 12-1. Hell yeah. They won the sugar bowl. Hell yeah. They beat Michigan. Hell yeah. I don't want to talk about the Wisconsin game, Mm -mm. but you know what? End of the day, it doesn't matter. And I don't think those will ever get officially reinstated by the NCAA. I do think Ohio state will quietly claim those wins in about five or 10 years as we move on further into history. And as it recedes into like a line in history versus the whole giant scandal that was awful and consumed so much of our, our emotional energy and stress for two years. So anyways, long story short, I don't think they get them back.
1: You know, the weird thing, Bax, and I say this as one of the biggest Jim Trestle fans ever, it was definitely a blessing in disguise for the Buckeyes. And it, I, I almost feel weird saying that, but it was a blessing in disguise for the Buckeyes.
0: No, no doubt. You know what it was like? And I, I'm a, I, everybody knows how I am with metaphors, right? It's like you were dating this girl, and she was fantastic, and then things turned sideways, and she cheated on you, and you really struggled for like a year figuring like, out how do I reconcile with this, right? Things are awful. Things were so good. They were so good for so long. And then you accidentally stumble into the perfect person and everything after that's been amazing, right? And you look back, you go, I'm kind of glad that happened, right? Like like there were some signs that were worrying as that relationship would have continued to progress. Like, I don't know, letting Jim Bowman run anything. And, you know, I'm kind of glad I ended up with a much better and healthier long-term relationship. And you had to go through that pain and that suffering, right? Uh, to, to recognize that, maybe this was the best thing like that Garth Brooks song like where he's like thank God for unanswered prayers right like I'm sitting there going good no don't let Jim Trussell resign we can't lose him he's the greatest and I love me some Jimmy T don't get me wrong like the last time I saw him was everything I could do not to hug him um but like at the end of the day getting Urban Meyer and doing what he did for all those years and turning it into Ryan Day It was probably worse. Like, the bargain is certainly good for us to give up that one crappy 2011 year that wasn't even that crappy compared to what other programs have gone through. One year that didn't really count in all of our minds, and everybody knew it. And now we're another decade into a golden run where Ohio State is one of the hyper elites in the country. It's been a blessing beyond blessing. Like, it was like Woody himself deigned it upon – the Ohio State University, as a makeup for the disaster of the Cooperisms. And therefore, we were granted Urban Meyer and then after him, Ryan Day. Amen.
1: Let's get into the quarterbacks. Do we think it's C.J. Stroud all the way? Or could it be a little closer with Kyle McCord and C.J. Stroud as far as being the Buckeye starting quarterback this year?
0: Well, I think we think it's Stroud. But I think we think it's Stroud like I'm 80-20 that I think it's Stroud. Because McCord's good enough motivated enough and by the way there's the undercurrent of the looming specter of Quinn Ewers that if you're McCord you're sitting here thinking I got to grab this job now right one of these two guys is going to start the next two years in all likelihood assuming things go well right so he's probably thinking in the back of his head I need to grab this job now his motivation has got to be through the roof right Because at the end of the day, if C.J. Stroud gets the job and has a great year, there's no way they sit him down. And he's probably the guy in a year from now before he goes off and is another highly drafted Ohio State quarterback. In the interim after that, you're going to have Quinn Ewers with a whole year on campus under his belt. And in a program where seniority only means so much, if you're McCord, you have to realistically be looking at it like, I win the job now, I don't worry about competing with Quinn Ewers because I'm going to be the guy for the next two years. Whereas if C.J. Stroud wins it, It's a different story. So I think McCord is incredibly motivated to win this job this year. I think Ohio State staff is thinking right now in their heads, it's probably going to be Stroud. He's the most experienced one in terms of having been on campus a little bit longer. Uh, He's the guy who right now everybody seems to think it is. And he certainly looks good in the role. But I'm not 100% ruling out McCord because I think McCord could be good enough to take the job from a very capable guy in Stroud. And I do think at the end of the day, whoever the starter is is going to end up being extremely good for OSU. These are two top 50 kids fighting for a role. But there's a big picture here when you have a guy who's a once in five or ten year prospect and Ewers waiting to come in the year after that. There's a big undercurrent going behind who's going to win this job. And I think the Ohio State staff thinks it's right now, Stroud. But I think they're open to having their mind change, just like in any tryout right? The coaches know who they think the team is, and you need to go in and change their mind if you're not one of the ones who they think they're going to pick. So that's kind of right now how I see it. Uh, what do you think, Dave?
1: I think it's going to be straight but I think it's closer than I originally thought because Kyle McCord is, I was always high on him. Like It told me everything I needed to know that Ryan Day had his pick of the litter in that 2021 class. He was like, I want Kyle McCord. And people are like, well, wait a minute. J.J. McCarthy's ranked higher than Kyle McCord, right? And Ryan is like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I, I think he's better. Like, I know more than the people that are doing the, you know, recruiting rankings. This is why I make $7 million a year. And this is why I'm one of the top three. This is why I'm one of the top three uh, coaches in college football. So, you know, man, it's – I think it's really close. And I think they're going to make sure they get McCord some playing time. It's not going to be a two-quarterback system. I don't think he wants to mess with that. Um, but let's also keep in mind when I say he handpicked McCord, he also handpicked Stroud. He also handpicked Stroud. They also had, they had Jack Miller in the bag since basically Miller was a freshman in high school. We knew he wanted to come to the, the Ohio state university. He went out there in the exact same class and was able to massage it enough where he kept Jack Miller in the class, but he also handpicked CJ Stroud who just keeps just getting better and better and better started out as a three-star recruit ended up as a four-star recruit then was a five-star recruit he was a five-star for 24-7 sports with a composite he was barely a high four-star so whatever splitting hairs he's basically a five-star so Ryan Day handpicked both of them so long story short short story long I should say Stroud's gonna be the starter but I think it's closer than maybe some people think with McCord and Stroud
0: Yeah, I think you summed it up well. And again, the McCarthy thing that makes me laugh. Ryan Day had every quarterback in the country wanting to come here, and he picked McCord. Rankings be damned, Ryan Day's rankings had McCord first. Why do you think McCord committed first, and then McCarthy ended up at Michigan? Right? Uh, That's just you know we can make fun of Michigan fans all we want, but arguing anything other than that's just rewriting history. You know, McCord was picked over. McCarthy. Period. And yeah I, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think Ohio State's grateful that this is a full season where a lot of these games are hopefully going to be butt kickings to the nth degree, where you're going to see a lot of second team run where it's McCord throwing to Harrison Jr. and Ballard and all those other young guys that need run. You know, um, I, I think that that's going to be uh, Fleming. You know, I, I think we need to we need to think about how much talent there is in this team and how you keep them all happy in a time where there's one-off instant transfers, because that's the other thing here. Whoever doesn't win this job, if they don't think they're going to play, there's going to be 120 other schools trying to get them because they're a better option than most of those schools are ever going to dream of, right? Look at Northwestern's roster right now in their quarterback room. They have two former five-star guys um, on on their roster, in Halinski and uh, Hunter Johnson. That will never happen right out of high school, but that's going to happen more and more as – kids transfer places to get playing time. And I think that that's also in the background here where these guys don't have to sit out anymore. They don't, they don't win the job. So you're going to have to keep a lot of these guys happy. I'm for one, I'm fascinated, Dave. We're less than two months away from the opening night at Minnesota. I'm fascinated to see how this plays out with these two, because it's going to be a very different story than we traditionally have seen in the past with all positions, much less something that's such a magnetar of, of, Information and exposition and just bright shining light on it, like it is a quarterback. So, yeah, that to me is going to be really interesting to watch play out.
1: All right, last thing you kind of touched on this. I've seen the narrative that yeah, Ohio State they've got some star power at wide receiver at the top, but they 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 don't have much depth, and I I f- I find that to be one of the most hilarious things that I have ever heard, and. and By the way, I'm a huge stand-up comic fan, so um, I've heard a lot of funny things in my lifetime. This might be at the top of the list, though. I mean... Obviously, Ohio State is very talented at the top. If you could go Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, in whatever order and give me a bunch of scrubs after that, and be like, you know, we, we, we might be all right. We might be all right. We have Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Okay, then you give me a Jackson, Smith, and Jigba as the number three. Okay, now they got a really good top three. You can give me scrubs after that and probably would be more than fine. Okay, so you got that great top three. Then let me give you Marvin Harrison Jr. as the number four. Probably, in my opinion, then pick between Julian Fleming, the number one wide receiver in the country in the 2020 class, a mech egg the number one wide receiver in the 2021 class as your fifth or sixth best wide receiver, pick one. And then Jaden Ballard, a high four star out of Maslin, Washington, as your number seven wide receiver. I, I tell you what, man, this, this wide receiving core, it's great at the top and they have depth.
0: Whoever said Ohio State doesn't have depth is just ignorant. They're stupid. Like, I'd love to know who that person was because I'd love to put a picture of them on the internet and say, this guy, dumb. Because there's literally no explanation why anybody on the planet would think Ohio State doesn't have depth at wide receiver. It's literally the deepest wide receiver room in America. They could literally lose both starting receivers to injury, which would he be praised? uh, Let that not happen. But they'd still have the most talented, by recruiting rankings, wide receiver room in America. It's mind-boggling to me that anybody would say that. It's, it's, it's stupidity to the nth degree. So, yeah, Ohio State's wide receiver room. And by the way, we haven't even mentioned the fact that they moved the guy who was a top 100 recruit and G. Scott, the tight end, to help with depth there. You think they couldn't move him back and have him be productive if they had an all-time horror run of injuries? So, yeah, that's beyond ignorant. And by the way, that goes back to what I was saying a moment ago about how you have to keep all these guys happy and get them their touches, right? They're all big-time recruits. Those guys' potential hasn't changed if they're stuck behind guys that are even better. So, you know, this is where the Penn State fan sticks his head out of the woodwork and goes, well, Fleming doesn't get the ball. He's coming to State College. Well, I don't really care, Penn State fan, but they have somewhat of a point. These guys are going to want to see the field. They're going to want to play. Ohio State might have games that they get to halftime when it's 42 to seven and they keep throwing the ball over the place to keep these guys happy. You know, it's 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 crazy because their wide receiver depth is is literally the best in the country. I mean, go to Phil Steele. Phil Steele's pre-field magazine's out. We just talk about how he usually knows the most of all the prognosticators. Who does he have number one in the country for wide receivers? Ohio State. And it's not just the two starters. Like you said, Dave, whoever said that is stupid. Out of their mind, willfully ignorant, or a Michigan fan? You get to pick one.
1: I just see it a lot on message boards. I just want to be clear; it wasn't like one person. It was just I just see this narrative that like, yeah, Ohio State's like top heavy. (laughs) Of course, people like Phil Steele know what they're saying. I just I just keep seeing this narrative that like they're top heavy, but eh, they don't have that much depth.
0: Their depth is so good that a guy who's going to start for Alabama transferred because he was afraid he wouldn't get enough touches here in Jamison Williams. Exactly. Say about the position.
1: Great stuff from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday. It is the must-read bucket. Thank you very much, Bax. Thank you to all listeners out there for tuning in to the show. We appreciate it very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear the Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land.